positivity requires persistency. So I always say I am persistently positive, right? It's not, it's not every day. Like I've been through depression. I've been through sadness. I've been through tough times. Right. And, and uh, there's, there's times where I lived in it longer than I should have. Right. I hung on to the pain and, uh, and the crazy thing about the brain is it just loves a reason to not do anything. Right. And you have to teach it to grow out of it and not, hang on to it so so over the last five years especially it's it's been a growing time for me since my divorce as you know I went through a divorce and it was like insanely depressing for me mm-hmm. and uh, it's because I, I define myself with a set of values and a description of who I thought I is, is is a good man right and I felt I failed what I described myself as a good man so you know when you fail your own criteria it's pretty shit Right. And when you fail like someone else's criteria, somehow like you could pick yourself up better unless it triggers like your dad syndrome or something or mama syndrome. But at the end of the day, when you fail yourself, it's like really depressing. Right. And so it was a lot of hard work and self-reflection and realizing that um, it wasn't that bad, meaning uh, I actually have the power to just let it go and create something new again. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Don't ever let somebody tell you, you can't do something. You're listening to the Blessed for Success podcast. Hello, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Blessed for Success podcast. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa. If there's anything from today's show that resonates with you, go ahead and share that on social media, share it on Instagram, mention me at blessedforsuccesspc, and that way I'll be able to see what you like and share it with the rest of the community. Today's guest is an awesome and conscious biz dad, investor, three-time TEDx speaker, and a master hugger. He's the founder of Health Genie, a multi-million dollar firm serving large private health organizations with financial advisory services, lead generation, and communications and leadership training. He runs a biz dad tribe called Dude Buddha, an invite-only anonymous community that supports biz dads in growing businesses while building deeper connections with themselves and their families. Previously, he and his partners built and sold a software company and three online directories, CanadianKiosk.ca, HealthGenie.ca, and AutoCatch.com, with offices across Canada and serving over 100 cities. However, his passion is in bettering the community. His volunteer efforts have raised millions of dollars before 30 years old. Though he does not consider himself a professional speaker, he has delivered over 400 speaking engagements across the globe on entrepreneurship, corporate culture, leadership, and volunteerism. Introducing Tuan Nguyen. It's really an honor to have you on and have this discussion. Dude, it's my honor as well. I love being here. I can't wait to rock with you and your team and your group. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate it. All right. So the first question uh, that I always ask is um, today on this particular day, January 17th, um, what are the things that make you feel blessed? Make feel blessed? Um, Just being able to wake up and smell the fresh air and seeing my family and we're healthy we're happy we are looking to always making the world a better place and that's pretty much it very simple nothing nothing more than that simple to the point i love it that's yeah perfect. yeah bro yeah. Um, yeah so you and me um go back I, I first learned about you um at uh casco which is a charity organization at uh, the university of ottawa telford school of management and you started this whole thing off, you know, this, this charity organization. Um, and you've always been kind of like a philanthropist. Where did this start from? Was, did this start from Casco? Where, where did this, you know, passion for philanthropy that you have had your entire life, um, you know, kind of source from? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, um, it's funny. It comes from so many different places. And I've kind of articulated many different ways. But in this very particular moment, it's really looking back at my roots and uh, recognizing that at the end of the day, we came to Canada in 1975, dude. And what was insane was that if it wasn't for the people who shared compassion and love to us, including our very government at the time, you know, we would have had this opportunity. And I had my, my mom and my dad who always shared that message with me. But it wasn't just that because when you're growing up, you kind of don't remember a lot of things your parents tell you, right? Uh, so you kind of recognize the way they do things and the one example i just gave yesterday was my mother 
she always, even though we were broke, like we were on, we grew up on wealth. I grew up on wealth for my whole life. Like my whole life I was on in, living in, in a project home. Right. And, um, and my mom, even though we had no money, she would make bowls of fried rice and faux soup and all this stuff. And she would just gift it to her landlord. And she would, she would always let us know that even though we have no money, we could always uh, give thanks to those who support us. Right. Um, all my clothes came from Salvation Army and things like that for up to like maybe grade three or grade four, if I remember correctly. Like I definitely went into early elementary school in, in Salvation Army clothing and the funny thing is at that age, you don't really know what that means, right? Looking back and, and uh, you kind of remember, oh my goodness, that's what the kids were saying, right? But, uh, but, but, you know, we always also spent time with Salvation Army and United Way gave us a place to play and not stay out of trouble because when you're in the projects, it's like you, you get in a lot of trouble, right? So just reflecting the fact that I'm here alive, I have a family, I'm not in jail, you know, like all these little things just add up and, and they add up and they, they have more value as you get older, right? So where did it all come from? Just I, I'm constantly reminded of what I've received as an infant and my whole family. And so the moment, right? Now, the cool thing is that I, I, didn't, I didn't realize only until, well, actually I realized pretty young, probably 14, 15 years old that I could actually give back right away and I learned to give back without ever thinking it's about money right and uh, even like we used to play in a band we all played in a band I remember playing in a concert band and we went to the metro station at the subway in Montreal and we just played music for people to smile you know and a buddy of mine came up with that idea and said yo let's let's just go play music in, in, in the subway station like all these other people do but we just do for fun yeah and we did for fun and we realized that just by having fun and, and sharing the love of music, it, it brought a smile in people's eyes. And, and that became a, a great reward center for me, mm -hmm. right? So then it just got bigger and bigger over the years. Like Casco uh, itself was a different type of dream. I was in business school, just like you, dude. I grew up not knowing anything about business, so I didn't have any mentors. But the long story short is that after going to all these wine and cheeses and all these things that you and I have been to, yeah. I mean, it's cool to meet professionals and whatever, but I was bored. Like I'm a guy who's like, just likes things to be super invigorating, super exciting, right? Super youthful. And I was like, man, this, all this garbage is like, man, I don't care. I mean, it's great to listen to this one keynote speaker, but I need some more like energy. Yeah. And I also felt like there's so many more, there's so much more inside of us that we could demonstrate to the business community. Mm -hmm. Like why should we just get into suits and just say hi and find that one smart question to ask that professional, you know, so you get, so they could remember you and all that yeah. garbage. Right. And I'm like, screw that shit. You know? And I'm like, yo man, I think we're, we're more talented then people think we are, or at least they don't give us enough credit. So I'm gonna, I want to create something that gave us the ability to show us as young people what is inside of us, what's, what drives us as humans, and what better than to put up performing arts and singing and showing to these, these hiring potential companies that we're not just students trying to find a job. We're like students with, with personality, with, with consciousness, who care for people, and we're freaking smart. And that's why we organize this kick-ass event. And it's world-class. I mean, even professional event planners, mm -hmm. like they, they bow, they take their hats off to us because we're, we, at that time, we were just 19, 20 years old. And the quality of our event is, it matches at par to a professional event in the city. Yeah. You can even ask all the hotels and all the places that hosted us. They're like, man, I can't believe you guys are just students. Yeah. You know, now I'm 45 and I'm not sure if you know, if you were you there. Don't but, <laughs> you don't look yeah. it. You don't look it. My daughter, right? She, yeah. she spoke at Casco's 20th anniversary, 17 years old. And she spoke on my behalf. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. Right. And um, so that's, that's, a, that's the medium story of how giving has always been a part of my life. And I continue to. It's kind of like realize a circle of life. You know, it's not about just giving to receive, but you give to receive so you could give more, mm -hmm. right? It's almost like a, that snowball effect, right? I'm, I'm able to give more and more every year. And yeah. the more I give, the more I receive. And I just, it just gets bigger and bigger. And it's not monetary only. It's, it's power. It's influence. It's, it's even learning more about yourself, Right. As, Cause as you get bigger you, and you get, you create more opportunity for self and then you have to choose. Wow. When I was young, I was desperate for a job, right? I was desperate for my first client. But then when you work hard at it, you actually get to have a choice and 
and and the lesson you learn actually after all these years is that you've always had a choice. You just yeah. didn't know it. So uh, I would say a message to at least not not young in age, but young in an entrepreneurial spirit, young in wanting to pursue a dream, right? If you're young at that place in your life, the choice is yours. And and now more than ever before, you have that potential and and access to resources to make it happen, right? So it's, there you it's go. Crazy. It's crazy. There's so <laughs> much value bombs. There's so much I want to unpack. Because um, like, I'm just drawing some some big parallels, like what you said at the beginning about, you know, being in welfare and um, having to overcome what you did at a young age, directly paralleled with kind of how we started, which was what you're blessed for was very simple because you understand how important, you know, the simple things are waking up, getting a breath of fresh air, you know, yeah. being thankful for my family, my friends, the people around me, like, when you come from a certain place, the little thing, not, 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 the, not the little things, they're big things, but the, the things that, you know, instead of making it over, overly complicated, it's just like, let's keep it simple because that's the end of the end of the day, what we can be grateful for. And I love that about what you said. Thanks, and, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, and I also resonated with, um, you know, what you said about being in business school, going all to all these wine and cheeses and, you know, these business dinners, but not really feeling it that much, not really feeling the vibe. And, you know, that's why I actually met you again at the Archangel Summit. Archangel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. That was a great time where, you know, guys like Gary V, I think Lewis Howes was there. Um, maybe that year, uh, a bunch of Seth like Godin. Seth Godin yeah. was there, just an insane yeah. years in Spain speakers. And like, I was a third year university student, right? I didn't know, I had never been to something like that before. So with all these, you know, quote unquote, grownups, adults, but like feeling the type of energy that was in that room and then seeing you right in the front, um, <laughs> being like, Hey, that's Tuan. And then be like, man, he's brought so much energy to this. He's bringing so much here. Like, you know, what, what drives you to, to be in an environment like that? Like what's, what puts you in those situations that you're like, man, I like to be around this energy and um, you know, I just like to build off of it. Dude. It's funny. Like I literally, like, so my assistant literally just published a post on Facebook today. Like, like we're talking like 15 minutes ago, right? So I have someone, I write everything, but someone else publishes it for me. So I don't have to be like attached to social media, right? right. Uh, but I wrote like, in the beginning was ambition, right? It was a desire not to be somewhere, a desire, like that's the truth, right? And, and but I realized that's not sustainable. And uh, if I had a mentor, uh, at a younger age that would tell me it's it's not about the ambition of trying to get away from something and not be something right and it's really now what really drives me is is uh my one word is called activate every year I have a one word that, that overarches, right yeah, yeah 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 so unleash was was a few years back because i felt like angry but not an angry like angry like oh i could do so much more so i have to unleash you know let it all out right last year was called embolden which was take bold steps Right. But this year, it, I finally discovered a word I think that that really drives me right back to your question. And it's activate. And I, I've come to realize and, and especially when you become a parent, right, you're like, oh, my goodness, like I'm going to teach my kids something that I didn't get taught, which was like there's no such thing as personal growth or develop. There's nothing to develop. Right. We, we are we have everything inside of us. We just have to activate it. We have to get out of our own way. So my, what drives me now is is every day figuring out where have I gotten in my own way, right? And, and taking responsibility, which I have often, but not from this light where I'm trying to activate something that's inside. So activate a level of creativity that I've been afraid to share around the world, right? You know, I, I had a talk with my two daughters this morning and I said, which of you see your life as a film, right? And which of you see your life as a novel? And so I knew who's gonna say what. Peony, my 14-year-old, says, oh, I definitely imagine cameras everywhere. Like, yo, she's a, she's a walkie movie, right? <laughs> it's very cinematographic. Yeah. And my daughter, who's like totally going to be a blogger kind of girl, yeah. she sees everything in words. Like, she wonders how she would describe her feeling in words and how she describes the situation in words, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm the movie kind of guy, right? And, and, but I've never actually taken those bold steps and, and, and activated the cinematographic imagery I have in my head. So it's why, you know, I have all this gear set up here. We're setting up a little bit of a YouTube thing going. My daughter's all over it. So she's 14 and learning Adobe Premiere Pro and she's loving it. Wow. Right. And so, 
so this is the year of activation. And what I encourage everyone now is, is ambition is great, but, but um, realization that it's all inside of you. and it's, it's the desire to be all of you, right? That's the ambition for, for I think that's more desirable and it creates a better outcome. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the end of the day, this is a new time. This is like the last 10 years or 15 years, even with the internet and people communicating. It's just, you just got to be you, man. Like the more you, you are, the, the more successful you're going to be versus back in the day, people were able to hide behind newspapers and things that take forever to go around. Like it's just difficult to disseminate information. So when someone has something bad to say about you, it just takes forever for people to figure out about it. If ever, because it used to be really expensive to actually send letters and communication and write articles and and bug pr people to get a message out now it's like yo man like i'm just gonna go whoever feels real mm-hmm. who's like living at large as them being accepting of who they are whether it's like a fault quote unquote or not right and the more you shine who you are i think the more successful you're gonna be right? yeah so yeah shine the vibe yeah, and you you have you've always had this authenticism about you that um, you know I've personally really respected, and I and I obviously people talk right like when I was in Casco, um, guys would talk about you and just be like, man, he's so cool. Like, also, do you know he makes probably this much amount of money? Like, you know, they they they'd say things like that, and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, man, that's yeah. so cool. But he gives back to the community, and you know, unpacking where all of that came from um, is you know I'm sure there's a number of events that that have led to kind of where where you are and you've described some of it with you know your background and, and kind of where you came from but I, I believe that there are always certain trigger events that kind of push a lot of who you become especially when you're younger and totally. I think I think I see the fedora in the back I'm not sure I think yeah I yeah with MG like, I'm gonna exactly. put right here there's MJ right there and there's the fedora right there <laughs> yeah uh, there we go the <laughs> the MJ moment you okay you got to tell me what that felt like to be there when MJ did the moonwalk and then what that meant for you. Yeah. So, um, so just to, to really clarify, uh, I, I witnessed not live, but the very first time ever on Motown 25th anniversary, 1981, I think if I wrong correctly, uh, you know, he, he cracked out the moonwalk for the first time. And, uh, I remember because I was a big fan of the Jackson five right back in the day. And the story behind it was that Michael refused to jump on the 25th Molten anniversary. By this time, the Jackson 5 was... So there's a whole story behind it too because I'm in love with the Jackson 5, right? And so Michael made uh, an agreement. Yo, I want a solo song by myself only if... That's my, that's my condition. I want yeah. my, own, my own time. So no one knew this. And so just so you know, I didn't, of course, know this. So I'm watching the Jackson 5 and it was like amazing. And then what happens? He stays on stage. And then he cracks out the fedora, Billy Jean, and I'm now losing my mind because Michael is doing a solo, right? And so it, it was just just watching this this magic on stage, this 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 creativity, this um, this um, this focus, and this dance, this it just the artistry, the feeling, right? I, I just remember just getting glued onto the screen, and of course. He cracks out the moonwalk, and if you were there at the moment, the camera just scrolls around the audience, and everyone is losing their minds. And I'm like, how did he do that? He was walking forward, but he's going backwards. Yeah. Right? What the heck just happened? Right? It's nuts. And can do something like that. And I'm like six and a half, seven years old, right? The fact that a human can do that in my, in my little, I was determined to think that anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Like that was the moment I remember. And, and then guess what? I got to do a, a moonwalk myself on stage in elementary school. I did Michael Jackson, right? And then, uh, and then from that point on, he's always been my source of inspiration for believing that anything is possible, right? And of course, over the years, I just learned more about him and I, I learned to the best of what was available. And I, I went with my intuition and I understood where he came from, right? And, and where did this all magic come from? And at the end of the day, it comes from love, 
right? It comes from just shining love and shining love into something you love to do. And that's what happens, right? So it's no surprise that Casco has a huge dance component. And in fact, up to probably year 14, there was a Michael Jackson in every year. Oh, right? no After year 14, there was no Michael Jackson song. It came, it came and went, but there was, they just did it by, it wasn't even on purpose. It wasn't even, even a mandatory requirement. Mm-hmm. It's just, hey, yes, they chose a Michael Jackson song. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. it's on the list. You know, oh yes, MJ made it on the list again. Yeah. Right? So that's, yeah, I mean, that's MJ for me till this day. Right? Anyone who can emulate that level of, of determination, of creativity, right? I think at the end of the day, we all want to create from what's inside our minds, except we get squashed with the confidence that we can't do it at an early age. And then things like school systems, all respect to them, create a path. And then, you know, a path basically is a, is a predefined road and you can just only travel on that road. No one, no one actually tells you you can walk through a forest and get to a different destination, right? If you want to, right? So this is, this is like, he is really the, almost like the litmus test. What his impact is the litmus test that I use to decide naturally, intuitively, if someone resonates with me or not, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't want to grow and you don't want to do much, I mean, hey, man, if you want to chill at home and watch Netflix, there's nothing bad about that. That's just not my vibe. Yeah. Right. I yeah. don't care for that. Yeah. If you're happy with that, if that's if that's what you're you're okay with, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just who. That's just you. Um, yeah. But you know, everyone's allowed to vibe differently, obviously. And um, you know, since that moment, I'm sure. Um, things really took off for, like you've, you know, created and sold multiple businesses. Um, you've done multiple Ted talks. One of which I just looked is that like 75,000 views. So congratulations. Oh, are we there now? Okay. Yeah, awesome. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. It was on volunteerism. I'm going to link, I'm going to link, link the Ted talks in the, in the show notes. So people will be able to check that out. Thank you. Yeah, the other, actually, I want to talk to you specifically about another Ted talk, which is about positivity. So yeah. you're well known for being a pretty positive guy. Um, and I actually kind of want to work backwards. So you're, you're a positive guy. You always, you know, bring around positive vibes um, from the people that you are um, or from the, from, you know, when you're around people um, and they're like, wow, this guy's, this guy's just rubbing off on me. <laughs> um, did that come from a place of negativity or was that always there? Uh, it probably came from my mom. Yeah. So in my volunteerism talk, I talk about how my mom's like a firecracker. She's like a ball of positivity. Uh, like my mom was an incredibly just courageous woman, like just strength of a bear, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, it's just incredible. And so she's always had that energy, even though we've had differences, you know, uh, her and I, cause I'm just this like crazy kid that just wouldn't settle for anything. She's like, Oh, my kid's crazy. But my mom is definitely, you know, had a lot to complain about. She just did it. Yeah. Right. And so uh, that was part of it. And I never was able to articulate it probably about maybe five years ago, which is uh, pers- positivity requires persistency. So I always say I am persistently positive. Right. It, it's not it's not every day. Like I've been through depression. I've been through sadness. I've been through tough times. Right. And and uh, there's there's times where I lived in it longer than I should have. Right. I hung on to the pain. And, uh, and the crazy thing about the brain is it just loves a reason to not do anything, right? And you have to teach it to grow out of it and not hang on to it. So, so over the last five years, especially, it's, it's been a growing time for me since my divorce. As you know, I went through a divorce and it was like insanely depressing for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's because I, I define myself with a set of values and a description of who I thought I is, is, is a good man. Right. And I felt I failed what I described myself as a good man. So, you know, when you fail your own criteria, it's pretty shit. Right. And when you fail like someone else's criteria, somehow like you could pick yourself up better unless it triggers like your dad syndrome or something or mama syndrome. But at the end of the day, when you fail yourself, it's like really depressing. Right. And so it was a lot of hard work and self-reflection and realizing that um, it wasn't that bad, meaning uh, I actually have the power to just let it go and create something new again. And so it's funny. I have a friend, Matt, uh, you know, won't, won't disclose his last name, but he came up to me three or four months ago and he was like, just down and out, right? Like, just like, just not happy. And I was like, that's cool, dude. And I was just like super calm. And, you know, and at the end, you know, he's like, I'm so glad I called you. I'm like, why? 
I mean, everyone else I told them about like how depressed I am and all that. I was met with like this sympathetic, Oh, that's okay. I'm like, dude, I know you'd be okay. It's like, <laughs> how about a hug? Let's just chill. Just keep telling me how you feel. I'm going to hear to listen to you, but, and then I'm going to ask you a few questions. All right. And as I ask you these questions, you're just going to just answer them and just go with the flow. All right. He goes, okay. Yeah, man. All right. Sure. You know, and then we talk with by the end. It's like, dude, I feel great. Like, this is awesome. Like, yeah. You know, like life is shit. Like I'm getting pissed on right now, but it's all good. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to make it work. It's not going to be easy. I'm going to fall a few times along the way, but Hey, I got myself. I got my life. I got air. I'm going to make it happen. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it's even how, how I deal with other people's uh, challenges. It's very different. They, they could feel that I love them, but they could feel that I believe in them. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, just like Evan, like, damn you, Evan, Evan. Cause <laughs> like, I love the word, the one word believe. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like, it's really the first thing that needs to happen for anything. Right. So since Evan took my believe for me or he took it first, then the next one is once you believe in yourself is to activate. Yeah. Right. So it's like everyone who follows Evan Carmichael, you got to next follow Tuan Nguyen because <laughs> it's time for you to activate what you now believe in. Right. So, yeah, I love that. I yeah. love that. And I, like, I, I'm just personally curious if you don't mind um, kind of talking about the specific questions or, you know, what, how you went about the questioning, um, to your friend to kind of get him from a place of, you know, Oh, I don't feel good to, Oh, you know, I feel great. I'm so glad I had this discussion. You know, how did you, what kind of questions did you ask to get him there? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so he would tell me his, his story and, and basically he's going, he was going through a divorce, Hmm. right? So, but most men reach out to me for this kind of stuff. (laughs) I don't know why, but, uh, uh, I would ask him, I said, dude, I totally get it. And, um, how about I ask you a question I ask myself? That's one of the most powerful ways to start a question that is, that's going to bring out deep thinking. It's like I said, let me ask you a question. Then it feels like, what are you a fucking detective? Like what's up with this? You know, like they get defensive, but like, you mind if I share a question with you that I asked myself that I guess for me shifted how I, I saw this, this, that point in my life. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, dude. That's why I came to see you, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I came to see you. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, man. Okay. Check it out. Now this is an opportunity. It's a pen on paper and this is where you're at right now. And now you get to write the next chapter. And at the end of the chapter, what would you like your kids to read? What is that? Right. And, and then I said, and I said, if are you, are you able to give me an answer now? Just don't worry. Just to know what do you think? And he'd be like, uh, I don't know. How about I get, I give you mine. Okay. This is how the story starts. I want to go to bed. I don't want to wake up. I look at my son. I feel nothing like but a failure. And I walk in the streets and I just don't want to talk to anybody. I want to shut off all and I want to leave all social media. I want to close all my accounts. I just want to go somewhere and, and hide in a little hole and just be by myself. I don't deserve anything right now. I'm a complete fuck up. I don't know what to do. That's how it starts. And at this point, it's like, yo, man, I can really, I can really. But check this out. I got up. I went out there. And I said to myself, I got to figure it out for my son and for me. I'm going to show him that nothing can hold daddy down because I could figure it out. I have my brain. I'm going to figure it out. Shit, I don't have the answer yet. What do I do? Hmm. I'll reach out to a few friends who I think are pretty badass cool, and I'm just going to open up to them. Great. Oh, my goodness. I just learned a nugget. Now that nugget's leading me to try this something else. I go down that path. Oh, man, that didn't work either. But oh, my goodness. I did progress a little bit since that very first beginning of the chapter. Now life continues. And I just went on with him this story. As I told him that story, I'm like, okay, can you relate to me now? He's like, yeah. Why don't you take this chapter and now continue it for me? So then he's like, okay. So, you know, now I've tried a couple of things. I failed. I fell down three times already. But I know this now. And he just continued and he gave his version. Right. And by the end of it, he's like, fuck, I can do this. I'm like, that's right. Homeboy, you can. Right. And so, so that's how we did it. That's that one thing. Just flipped it around like that. That's extremely powerful. I think, wow. No, that's great. I love that. You're like, it's almost like psychologist, psychiatrist, psychologist, like type kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. It's, um, What's important is you're going to get this too, because, you know, if you take someone like Gary Vee and Seth Godin and 
you know, if, if you look behind this board, there's all these authors that we all read about. Mm -hmm. And lately, all the books we tend to read about, it's really people summarizing other people's thoughts from their, 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 their lens. Right. Right. That's all it is. Like Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin, right. you know, um, so what I share this very minute, and we're going to go back to Michael Jackson right now. I'm going to bring you back to something that he said, which is uh, to the listeners or the viewers, I don't know if there's a video version of this, but um, what's important is that if you hear something you really, really like, and you could take it with you, including you, dude, mm -hmm. is don't give me the credit for it. You don't need to, right? It's just to adopt it as your own. And, and, and now you are the messenger of that message, right? And so this comes from Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson said, I hate it when I'm given credit for the words that I sing because these words have been sung by thousands of voices thousands of years ago. I've just been gifted by God to be the messenger of these words during this time. Oh. That's it, right? So if you've ever seen me on stage and I speak, I used to, used to speak and I used to start somewhere in the beginning to say, before I even start, I wish there was five, there were 5,000 people behind me right now, because what you're about to hear me share comes from all of them. So I'm just representing, yo, that's it. Let's rock. And that's how I would start. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then at the end, you know, sometimes I, if it's a small environment or it's a, if it's like a 5,000 crowd, I don't really do this. I would just say, Hey, think right now, think one thing you got from this talk, one thing, right? Now you have one thing you need to share. Hey there, just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for tuning into this episode of the podcast. It really does mean a lot to me. If you are enjoying what you hear, I would really appreciate it if you could head on over to iTunes for a quick minute, leave a five-star review, and tell us what you like about the show. We want this Blessed for Success message to catch fire, and the only way that is possible is with your help and support. Thanks again for tuning in. Now let's get back to the show. So go on, act and share. Right? You're like saying these things that I'm like I'm not even kidding when I say this. Like I almost like I almost feel like a tear because it, the, the 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 like message is just so powerful and so far just one of my favorite recordings today. Like this is phenomenal. Um I want to we could talk about this particular topic kind of and a whole mm -hmm. podcast out of it. But I want to go back to a point that you made earlier, which was, you know, when your friend called you up and, and said, Hey man, I need some help. And you listened calmly and you're like, and he was like, Oh, it's going to be okay. And you're like, yeah, it's going to be okay. Let's just hug it out. And it's on your microphone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you consider yourself a master hugger. Where yeah. did this concept, this title come from? Um, what's I, I just, I'm not, I'm not sure if I know enough about it. And I just love to hear more about this, this master hugger title. Let's hug it out movement. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I'm going to have to give the full credit of to hug it out to my boy, Matt Britt. Right. And now he has a company on solar and it's pretty amazing. It's called switch energy. And, but we were walking the park one day and it was in, um, uh, old Ottawa South. I still remember that park, old Ottawa South, just off of bank street. Nice. And we're in a park and I'm, I'm before, I'm just about to have a baby. I'm like three or four months from having a baby or something like that. Uh, or maybe I had just announced that we're expecting, I don't remember exact what the conversation was, but I remember we talked about baby and then, uh, we're talking about positivity, dude, you asked about positivity and Matt says, you know, man, I just, there's gotta be a way to just spread more positivity in the world, you know? And, and then it's like, yeah, man, like, Hugging is great. And he goes, yeah, man, there should be just a t-shirt or something that says, let's hug it out. Like we should just all hug it out. Mm -hmm. Right. And then literally like a week later, he's like, dude, here's a logo. Here's what it looks like. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you ran with this idea. Right. And so Matt took the, the initiative initially and he ran with it. Of course, I was like basically his sidekick the whole time. Um, and then, uh, we launched it, uh, and at the end of the day, uh, we could talk about the actual business itself, but it started off as a t-shirt company. You would have to buy two t-shirts, give to someone and then hug it out, take a picture with it. And there's a whole viral marketing strategy behind it where you have to post a picture of yourself reaching out like this for a hug and wearing your t-shirt and saying, Hey, just want to spread this e-hug to you, spreading some positivity in the world, join the hug revolution, let's hug it out.com. Right. Wow. And so you get this card that tells you to do this. And the funny thing is we, we came up with things like 
you know, the, the hug it out. Then there's like a family hug, which is five t-shirts, group hug, which is eight, team hug, which is 12 or more. So we were able to like masterfully increase the amount of items per transaction. So that's like the business side, right? So yeah. of course I have a business side that I think too, right? Yeah. And, um, and so, so it blew up. It totally blew up, yeah. right? Just for the listeners, depending when this is aired, uh, the site is down on purpose because um, we decided to take a bit of a, um, a check with our community, like what is really important. Mm -hmm. And we have something even bigger that we're working on as we relaunch. And it's not just going to be a hug it out community. It's going to be a community of apparel that is trying to spread positivity around the world. And we're going to be like the, the overarching umbrella that's going to help them make it happen. Right. Uh, so there's a few benefits to that just for listeners. Like, why are we doing this? At the end of the day, we look at what we really want to offer, like fair trade and cotton or, or you know, like organic. And we don't want to go buy like stuff that's going to kill the environment. We want to have a bit of a recycle policy around it because we know how much fashion ruins the environment. So we don't want to add to that. Right. And so, like, how can we when create almost like parley from Adidas, like plastic from the ocean? You know, like, how can we get into that kind of program? And the only way we could do it is if we amass a group of us together and through economies of scale, we can negotiate uh, with, with, you know, incredible organizations out there who are doing really good things, but it's expensive, right? It's not easy to do things environmentally friendly and to make sure it's a zero waste and all that kind of stuff. Like we're hoping to get there. It might not be instant, but at least now we have the power within our network of apparel uh, people who want to start apparel companies we come together and we're going to fight and we're, you know and we're going to make sure we create fashion that truly helps right so back to hug it out all right uh of course it's it's grown and uh and uh i am now basically everywhere i walk i see people wearing t-shirts on an airplane even which yeah is i've cool. seen it too and i've been like whoa this is crazy like yeah yeah this thing is kind of spread like so wide yeah so when we relaunch it's like an illegal Re um, uh, invigorate and inspire a community to and remobilize them in a way, right? And so I'm super excited about that because at the end of the day, this is not a profit company either. It's it's a it's a nonprofit company. It's not an official registered nonprofit, but we don't take money from this. We literally take whatever we make, we give it back, we donate it, we give it to charity, and it's been a lot of fun. Just so much fun. I love I love that positive Thanks, vibes dude. only in 2020. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, that's great. And then. The other, the other point from the conversation that you had mentioned uh, that you had with your friend, because I, I find that so fascinating, to be honest. Um, you mentioned that when you were telling him to, uh, you know, finish the chapter that his, you know, his kids would read, you mentioned, you know, looking over to your son and, and what your thoughts are. Um, and you created a whole movement kind of out of that, out of that, basically. Yeah, was, yeah. You know, the biz, uh, biz dads. Dude, yeah, um, dude Buddhas. Yeah, dude Buddhas. Um, I mean, I kind of know where it came from, but I'd love to hear more about um, how you started that uh, movement of Dude Buddhas um, and where you're kind of taking it now and what your plans are for uh, moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to inc infuse a few things into this answer, which is like, especially people who want to build an online community, you know, people who want to monetize, make money, right? Uh, I mean... It, we could go through, like, uh, we got another good 20 minutes to go, which is great. We are, there's time to talk about how I make money here if people are curious, right? Like, yes, absolutely. Many, many different ways. Uh, or we could do round two if you want. That's cool too. <laughs> but um, um, so how it started was really out of my depression. I said to myself, if I taught my son everything I knew about being a man, I'd teach him how to fuck up the same way that I, I screwed up, right? So then I said to myself, I got to reach out to men who I admire, men who who, who I could learn something and pass on to my son. Right. And so I would just literally just meet with random people, Paul Stevenson, meet this guy, meet that guy. And when I learned something incredible, I just put it online. I'm like, Hey, met up with Paul Stevenson. He told me the story. I just want to share with you guys. Cause I'm going to take it with me. I'm going to be a better man, better dad, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Right. What happened is that people started reaching out to me and, and they said, Hey dude, I want to go for coffee with you. That was a really good share. You know, I'd love to connect with you. What are, you know, what, well, let's talk daddy stuff and all that. I don't have a lot of men. There's not a lot of people I can talk to. That's why I would hear. I don't have a lot of people I can talk to about this shit. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go. So we go grab coffee and they start growing like this, 
people start inviting each other to coffee and I, and you know, I expect you to come alone, but four people come with you. I'm like, Oh my goodness, George, Matthew, John, like you're all here with me. Right? Like that's crazy. Right. And that kind of grew. And as, as I met more men, I had more things to share. So Mm -hmm. I kept sharing on Facebook or wherever I'm only on Facebook, by the way. And, 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 and everything else. I don't have an Instagram account, for example. It's crazy. I know. Um, I do think that's crazy to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I do think I know, but I think yeah, IG is cool. It's just, uh, I, I just chose to focus on different parts of my life. You did right? your and, thing. You did your and, thing. And, and you this is proof it. that I have a, a pretty big community and I'm only on Facebook uh, and I do this stuff five hours a week, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. And so again, I'm going to, I'm going to go into a bit of community building because I'm sure people are interested also in monetization and, and, and of course, right. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that in this um because do buddha is a non-profit it does generate good money but it's it's for the community right mm-hmm. so um so then what happens like eventually people started following me and i never even did any i didn't do any of this on purpose right it wasn't like i'm going to build a, an online community of men one day it was it was never intentional which is how i've always built things like casco my businesses it was more like what's going to be fun what's going to make me feel alive what's going to feed my spirit Right. And, and, and eventually you start realizing you want to continue this because it's fun. And then you have enough people following you, right. Or doing things with you about this. So you could actually ask them, yo, like, what more do you want to see? So now you, you get into the service mentality and then, but it makes sense though. Cause you started from the right place. You yeah. started from doing something you love that nurtures your spirit. Right. Right. So so I was doing this out of love and wanted to be the best man I can be for my son. And a couple posts just went viral and then just went big, 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 one person next. And I, now random people are reaching out to me and someone from Huffington Post, someone from here and there and everywhere. Like, so then it grew until a point where I, I had to put up a page, but I didn't know what it was going to be called. Right. And uh, I had dude Buddha, I had dad Buddha. I'm known as the gangster Buddha. Cause like I said, I grew up <laughs> in the streets, but yeah. I'm spiritual. Yeah. Right. So but when I did a survey with the men, they said, you know, dude, Buddha is the best because we are dads. It's kind of how we connected. But after spending time together, we realized that we're just dudes. We're dudes playing the role of a father, dudes playing the role of a man, we're dudes playing the role of a businessman, right? So, but we're just men and we need to stay connected to who we are, right? And so that's how it became dude, Buddha. And Buddha is, there's not just one Buddha, like there's no a Buddha, you know, people who understand Buddhism is, is there's many Buddhas around. It's almost like a, a saint, right? It's another way of saying a saint, I guess. And so we are all dude Buddhas. There's mm-hmm. nothing, there's no such thing as one, the one and only dude Buddha, right? And so we share this together as a community. So what I didn't realize was that when I threw up this website, you know, I had to stay in touch with my community to say, yo, here's our, our next call on Zoom, right? Uh, we did a Google Hangouts first, then it became Zoom because Google Hangouts used to crash all the time. Yes. And Zoom was more stable. Yeah. And so, so we did things on Zoom. And, and the beautiful thing about that was I never needed people's identity because it was always like invite-based. It wasn't like I didn't run ads to this community. It's just word of mouth. And, mm-hmm. and, and because of that, I, I knew the right people were coming in. Right. And so I put out my website and I said, Hey, here's, if you want, you can fill out the email here because I'm going to blast out uh, when I'm going to have a meetup. Right. Or we're going to talk about sex or we're talking about father being a father to a girl. What, about, what happens when your daughter's going through puberty? Like, how do you manage a baby's dirty diapers? And, yeah. or, 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 you know, you know, all these things, like whatever it be, or, you know, romance with your wife. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you maintain that romance or partner? Because we have gay men in our crowd too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, there's no judgment in our in our circle yeah. but what happens now i have this email list and i had no idea like i'm spending five six hours a week i create a podcast as you know too called the awesome biz that's podcast yeah. and that started creating an email list and and i at this point i've never sold anything because I, I wasn't creating an online community for business but it happens automatically people are like yo when do you do meetup like we're gonna do a dad retreat we're gonna do this when we do that like can you you talked about how you taught your kids some business mindset skills. Like what are the things you do? So I'm like, well, I could create that for you. So I would create it and I just give it to them. And they're like, yo, listen, like this is valuable. Can we pay you for this? I'm like, I never really thought about selling it, you know? So my journey was completely accidental, but my community, because I was having fun, I was committed to a journey for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I think you, it's important to pick something that you're going to grow 
as well. Like you can't just say, I'm going to build a product and, and help you grow. Right. And I'm here to help you grow. And that kind of hero mentality is like a shitty mentality, right? It's like, I'm going to do something so we can grow. Right. It's Cause I can't do it by myself. Yeah. Right. And so just by virtue of that, I mean, there's a ton of opportunity, which I could just drill down and do Buddha alone. Mm-hmm. Right. Now here's something that's hot off the press, like hot, hot off the press, which is do Buddha is not something I want to do globally. I learned recently when I met with like, you know, the founder of Ted talk and, and, and I won't go down to all the like, you know, influencers or successful people. Cause it's really not about that. That moment, like you said, where they said to me, Tuan, why are you only spending five hours a week on this? Like, why don't you go big with this? Like millions of men need this. And guess what guys? I realized I don't want to serve millions of men. Crazy, huh? Wow. And, and, and it was so, I had to build the courage to say that. And they said, well, why are you doing this? I'm like, well, why? because this whole thing was about my son and I. And it's a very personal journey. And the people who've come into my circle have been people who, who matter to me, who I, I end up knowing most of them, right? And I got to know a lot of them. But even at this moment in my life, I just want to be best dad I can be. And I already feel a moment where I'm not, it's not relevant to me anymore. It's like, Excuse me. Sure, I'll be a father forever as long as I'm alive and he's alive. Like I'll always be a dad, right? But there's this point in a man's life where fatherhood is like super important, like super urgent, and it's like when they're just born, and then when they're going through puberty, and then maybe their first breakup or something, right? Like I, something like that, right? Or sex for the first time, yeah. Right? Like this is like for, with a with a son, but then with a daughter, it's like a whole different thing, like getting yeah. married and but but I already feel like that's something that it's a very personal journey, and and I want to connect with men so I can grow right so I've decided that dude Buddha is will continue but it's I'm never gonna run ads to it I'm not gonna create content on YouTube so I could bring more followers and invest all that time instead Organic. I'm gonna invest in other things right and so um, so that's a, a message to you guys because uh, I was interviewed by a youtuber just yesterday and she's like she's a seven-figure earner with you not because of youtube but she's a youtuber but she makes millions and uh you know community people out there say but then one thing i say is imagine yourself wildly successful imagine you have 10 million subs imagine you wake up every day and you have thirty thousand comments imagine this now imagine how you would respond to that. Imagine how it could impact you. Is it positive? Is it negative? What are some of the challenges you're going to face? Know what you're stepping into, right? And I knew that if I step into the space of supporting fathers, what I would eventually feel is inauthentic. I would not feel real when I say, guys, you know, like fatherhood's like the, the best thing for me right now. I want to help you. When I really say, guys, I'm kind of like, you know, done with fatherhood, you know, it's like, you know, so I I knew I was going to be real. And I thought myself the wildly successful global changing of, of dude Buddha is something that I, I just can't put my name behind. Right. I just can't. So knowing what you're stepping into is really important because all these things are big, shiny objects and big, shiny people. Yeah. Right. And you got to watch out because it's really shiny. Right. (laughs) I, I love, I love that you started it from authenticism and you're continuing to carry that authenticity throughout it. It's like, you know, there's an opportunity to grow this, um, you know, significantly and, and globally to millions and millions of people, but you understand that you lose the authenticism. And I think that is like a very good moment of self-awareness where you're able to say, I can still make this a great thing, but I need to make sure that I'm, I'm remaining authentic through the process. And I really respect that. Um, Thanks, dude. Awesome and and you, you have to ask yourself many questions. Dude, it took me a few years to figure this out. Like, it wasn't overnight. I had to ask myself, is it limiting belief? Is it a fear? Like, why do I want to go big on this? Like, do I feel I'm a shitty dad or I'm a, I suck at interview people on podcasts? Like, what is it, right? And I went through a journey and, and I tested all these philosophies. I tested limiting beliefs. What are, what am okay, so these are potentially limiting beliefs. So I went through that journey and spent two, three months trying to figure it out, see where it came from. But no, it, it didn't really change anything with dude buddha right and then i just went down and i realized that five years ago i had a lot of ideas when i kind of was like yeah, that's it i'm not giving up on you my boy i'm gonna freaking go at it i had all these different ideas and 
I was just caught by viral posts and being, you know, growing as an influencer. And it is kind of fun. Yeah. Right. And it is a lot of fun, man. Especially yeah. when they say, I'll pay you now. Right. And I'm like, wow, I'm even starting to make money with this shit. Like, I can't even believe it. Right. And so, so it's distracting. But then, but the last three, four months, the bold mood I had, bold move I had to make was to detach. You'll even right now, if you go to my Facebook, and because I usually have people, like, I, I usually have all these posts, I haven't posted much in probably a month. Mm-hmm. Right. I noticed that. And, 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 and because it was a bold move, it was me saying to my assistant, don't post anything. She's like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just don't post. Cancel all posts. <laughs> right. Like, like, just don't, do, I'll post whenever I feel like posting right now, but just don't do any posts. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I am going through something in a positive way and I just can't wait to, to share what I'm going to go through. Right. And so you might have had to delete all that crap I, I typed up last year. Right. You know, like <laughs> just not really, but, uh, but you know what I mean? So I, it was a bold move to stop. And that was the exact conversation I had with another buddy. He's like, but what if I lose what everything I built? I'm like, you're not losing anything. Everything you've built has led you to this point to like slow down, remold that piece that you just got, turn it into like a beautiful spear and just fucking launch that spear and everyone's going to see it or wave the flag. Now you could make a flag and wave. Right now you've just been on a momentum and what people are seeing is you're collecting a lot of shit. You're just collecting a lot of shit. A lot of emails, a lot of visibility, a lot of likes, a lot of this. Like just collecting a lot of shit. But now you got to sift through that shit and figure out what's gold. What's your gold? And then just mold it into a nice, lovely flag and wave the flag. Put it on the ground. It's like, this is who I am. I'm ready to rock. Right? And so this is me right now in this position where it's like I'm molding and I'm like pretty much ready to rock. Yeah. Right? So yeah, craziness. <laughs> we, we talked about a lot. This has been again like one of my favorite episodes recording to date i learned i learned so much and i think there's there's so many powerful messages and if i can take one away i will i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to this over and over again and um i can't hey wait to like you know take out all the nuggets and 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 dissect them more but um I'll, i'll end off with this um you know we talked about what you feel blessed for today at this moment january 17th um what does success mean to you and, and you know, what will it mean to you moving forward? Success for me means every day I've activated something inside of me that's been waiting to be activated. That's it. It's a, it's a moment by moment. It's actually not even about the future because I just know that it's going to work out. Beautiful. I love it. Where can, where can people find you, Tuan, uh, learn more about you, follow yeah. your journey and, and, and keep up to date? Uh, hit me up on dudebuddha.com. That's D-U-D-E-B-U-D-D-H-A.com or healthgenie.ca. Facebook, Tuan Nguyen. You can link, link it up over there as well. And uh, N-G-U-Y-E-N. Oh, I guess you, I should probably spell my first name too. It's not T-W-O-N, by the way. It's <laughs> T-U-A-N. N-G-U-Y-E-N. Search it up on Facebook. Add auto in front of it since like, it's like a very common name. And uh, yeah, hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I will be an IG soon, um, but uh, maybe not until April or something. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All of that will be in the show notes. Tuan, awesome. it's, it's been great uh, conversation. Thank you so much for coming Thanks, on T. the show. Thanks, T. Much yeah. love to you, bro.